0: Well, hello, hello, everybody. I am apologizing here. I had a really busy week this week. I It was about two, three nights ago. I was ready to do a podcast for you guys. I had gotten one done for my Christian channel, and I was thinking, okay, I'm going to get my other one done tonight. And lo and behold, I had family show up. And then for like, it must have been three nights, I kept having people show up same people. They just kept coming over and I was like, wow, this is interesting. I guess I'm not supposed to be doing a podcast. But, um, so it took me a little bit and I just, you know, wanted to apologize for it taking so long. Cause I know I, I told you I wanted to get one out once a week and it's kind of like a week and a half at this point, but, um, I'll try to make it up to you. Um, I have, Also, I'm going to try to get through this without my allergies acting up. When I was doing my other podcast, I noticed that I kept, my nose got so stuffed up. So bear with me because my allergies are like in full gear right now. And it seems like the more I talk, the worse they get. It seems like, I don't know if something's going on with my drainage canals in there, whatever, but when I'm talking, which I'm actually kind of a quiet person by nature, Um, it just seems like everything goes haywire on me. So bear with me. So I, um, let me look here. I got a little list here made out and I, I just, you know, like I said, I wanted to tell you guys, I, um, the, the, I didn't put together quite as much as I typically do because I had, you know, people coming over and I was trying to plan out what I was doing. It just kept distracting me. So, so anyway, but I wanted to talk to you guys about some things. Um, I had an interesting experience. Okay, we're gonna go back into the stuff I'm going through. I, I keep talking about this because it's really kind of tripping me out. Okay, my visions that I'm getting lately are like I'm being really like hammered hard with it, and it's getting a little bit like freaky for me. So I had a couple. I had a dream, and I had a a, a what I call a voice vision, which is when. I get dreams, I get visions, and then I get voice visions. And voice visions for me is when, are when somebody, um, in my right ear, I think a lot of times it's the Lord, or it could be, we're all supposed to be assigned an angel at birth. And then other angels come back and forth to help out when things get, like if we're under like major attack and I, uh, I'll get this where in my right ear I hear something tell me, somebody tell me what's going to happen, okay? This is nuts. Um, It's weird when it happens to you, you know, it's it's, and so when I was younger, I used to not really validate this stuff. I wouldn't, I wouldn't really write it down. I would just, every now and then I would tell somebody and then it would come true and it would kind of, you know, it would just kind of, you know, trip you out. But most of the time I wouldn't document it. I would just kind of would just, you know, I'd hear stuff and then I would let it go and then it would happen and I would be like, okay, I have no way of proving that I knew this, you know, so I started writing things down. What I started doing was texting my family members so it was validated with the date and the time and what I said. And the last several weeks I've gotten, you know, first I had... The, it started with my, my feeling about my sister who passed away three days after I felt something was wrong. I messaged my family and, you know, everybody kind of brushed it off. Then it went into the snowstorm, got hit with a huge snowstorm. And I, I saw the vision when I was in the shower and it happened. And I heard, I felt this came from God and he said, unprecedented snowstorm. And this was, I've never seen snow like this in my life, not even since I was a little girl. It was crazy looking out the door and seeing this like ocean of snow coming at us. Um, and so then it went into Rush Limbaugh. Um, I, 10 days before he died, I heard in my head on the right side, it's always the right side, which is supposed to be the side of God, which I find interesting. Um, it, or the holy side. And it said that I heard the radio announcement of Rush Limbaugh's death. My, um, one of my family members, I told them because he listens to him all the time. And he said, well, he's been sick for some time. And I said, yeah, but this is, I know he's been sick for a long time and he's still alive. And I said, I'm telling you, he's going to die soon. And he did. It was, it was literally 10 days later. And if anybody need, I mean, I got to find a way to put the proof up of this, like where I can actually show you that, you know. I have these texts and I mean, I can do it on YouTube pretty easy. Um, I also had a thing where my sister was moving, my other sister, she was moving and she did. Um, it's just been crazy. Like just all this stuff. I knew a friend of mine, I was thinking about him a day before he called me or he texted me and he was like, I was thinking about, you and know, I was like, yeah, I know. I, I got that yesterday. You know, and this isn't something I talk to often. And I just, I, I, I remember when I was thinking about him, I thought in my head, "I'm going to be hearing from him in the next couple of days," and I did. It was the next day. So this is the stuff that's been going on. And then you guys know about, you know, my mother-in-law passing, and I saw the cupboards opened up. Like there's just been all this stuff going on. So my point is, I, what I'm getting at is that I also had, with all this going on, I had this vision. It was a a voice vision. That's what I call when they speak to me in my right ear. It said that my aunt, who I'm really close to, that she was going to be getting COVID. And I don't go around her. I haven't seen her in months because, you know, just because of COVID, I've just been keeping to myself. I even actually, I actually do the curbside pickup now at the grocery store and stuff because I try to stay out away from people because I have an immune system issue and I'm like, you know, a candidate for possibly, you know, something could go wrong maybe, or maybe my body's strong enough to fight it off. I'm not sure. Sometimes they say with immune system issues, your immune system's actually working so well, it's actually working too well. So, um, but so I was told in my ear that she was going to be getting COVID. And I said, after all this, I was like, okay, I got it. And so then I told my dad because he has, he's had cancer. And I said, you know, you need to stay away from her. And he was like, why? And I said, she's going to get COVID. And he said, how do you know? And I said, I was told. And he said, okay, he didn't question me at this point, you know? So then, um, this voice came back a few moments later and it were like seconds later, it was like within a minute. And it said within two months, it was a really gentle voice. It was just real calm, very matter of fact, and just said within two months. And I said, okay. And and I didn't get that she would die. I just got, you know, that she was going to get it basically as a warning, possibly to her and possibly to us, because there could be somebody that's around her that could die from it. So, um, she called me, we had had like a falling out and I got upset with her about something. And then we just kind of didn't talk for a while. She didn't know about my COVID, um, my COVID vision. And I told my dad, so he would tell her and he didn't cause you know, I, I don't know if he truly believed, you know, that it was going to be possible. I think he does, but he just kind of didn't take it too seriously, you know? So she calls me up and I didn't know she wasn't feeling well. And we were talking and this was the same day my mother-in-law died and the cupboards opened up. And I said, I had a vision about you and I don't want to tell you because I don't, you know, I don't know if I want to tell you because I don't want you to take it in the wrong way. Like I'm trying to be mean or I'm trying to curse you or, you know, something because sometimes when you, when you voice something bad or negative to somebody, they feel offended because they feel like if you put it out there in the ether, or the world that it could come true, so we had to kind of be careful what we voice because it's even in the Bible, you know, about our words that they can we can make things happen through our words. So she said, "Well, tell me," and I said, "Are you know Are you sure?" And she was like, "Yeah." I said, "Why?" Well, I, I heard that you were going to get COVID, and she gasped. She was like, she couldn't believe it. She did not tell me that day that she wasn't feeling well. She said she said, you know, I always felt that I was going to get it. And I said, and I, and I told her, I said, it's it. And then I heard it was going to be within two months. She said, how long has it been? I said, it's been six weeks. And so we got off the phone after a little bit. And that's when I had the experience with my mother-in-law, I think visiting and opening up the cupboards that don't open on their own at all. And, um, she called me back a couple days later or the next day. And she said, I had to go get a COVID test. She said, after we talked, I woke up and I felt so much worse than I had. I was already not feeling well. She said, but it just, I started getting every day, It was getting worse and worse. And then not that, you know, because we talked, she mm-hmm. wasn't feeling well, but she just said every day she was declining and she's still been declining. And, uh, she said, she went and got a COVID test and I said, well, how long have you been sick? And she said about two weeks, she's been sick for two weeks. And I said... You know, at this point, if you get a test, it's going to be a false negative. And she didn't know that. And her doctor told her that, and my doctor told me too, that if you wait about two weeks, you know, if you wait a certain amount of time, the test is pretty much going to read negative, but you're still dealing with the the symptoms and stuff. So she was praying it was COVID and it came out, it was a, it was a negative, but she just kept getting sicker and sicker and sicker. So she finally went to the doctor the other day and he told her she probably had COVID. He said he was pretty sure she had COVID, but that her test would read negative because of the time frame until she went in and got checked. And I, I told her, I said, I'm telling you, you have COVID. I didn't get that vision for nothing. So it was pretty fascinating. But I just, she thought it was just crazy that her doctor basically told her she has COVID. Her symptoms are all, you know, kind of pointing towards COVID and she's super weak and fatigued and just getting, she's never felt like this ever. And she's had like, you know, other, other symptoms of it too and stuff. But, um, I just told her, I said, there's no, way I would have gotten that vision like that if it hadn't been for a reason. I said, maybe it was to let you know what you had because you were going to get a false negative reading, you know, but, um, she said she had rather would have COVID than she was worried about having heart conditions. So he tested her for her heart and other stuff and everything was clear. So that's why he's pretty sure he said he's, sure, she's got it. And so am I, you know, after what I know what God told me. So that was really, it was crazy to have her call me like within that time frame. It was just really wild. It was wild for me. So that's, I wanted to tell you guys about that. Um, There's some other stuff too. Kind of wanted to go over. Like I just, my kids used to tease me all the time about coming home. Like they would say that especially my one son would say, you know, I would leave and there would be something he would want me to pick up. And he said that he wouldn't tell me what it was. He would forget to. And it was something I don't usually get. It was something like out of the ordinary. And he said, I swear to God, mom, he said, every time you come home with it, he's like, I don't know what that is, you know, with you. And I thought that was pretty cool. You know, and my mother was like that with me. She said one time, my mother and father, I think were both, Sensitives, because my mom said, "I know my dad is, and my mom said that there was one time when I was little, I was four or three, and I had had a dog bite my head open i was i was uh I went across the street, and everybody was across the street I was at my my other grandmother's house, and I just wanted to be with them, but I was little, but I felt big, you know in my mind, I felt so much bigger than I was, and I ran across the street anyway, I didn't listen. And I went over with all of them, and they were all standing there talking, and there was this boxer, and I started to pet it. And the guy said, don't pet that dog, you know, it's kind of mean. And I didn't listen, because I was a brat, and I started to pet it, and I went, hey Jeff, I said, hey Jeff, look, I'm petting the dog. And I kind of yelled it, but I didn't, it wasn't bad, but it was just like a, you know, a little bit of a yell. And the dog literally knocked me down and just started biting my head open, like it was bad. And I scre- I was screaming. I remember I was rolling down the embankment, but to me it felt like a huge hill. But when I look back now, if I go by the street, it's just this little embankment, you know. But when you're a kid, everything's so big, you know. <clears throat> and they got the dog away from me. And I remember walking along the sidewalk and I had blood pouring out of me. And I felt like the movie Carrie, you know, and she had that blood that poured down her body. That's how I felt. Like I was like, I'm going to die. Like this is, I have blood everywhere. It was just all over me. And, uh, so basically this dog mauled my head. I don't know how I don't have like bald spots all through my head. I actually do have some scars and they're pretty good scars, but my hair covers it up miraculously. Um, but you can still see them if you're, if you look for them. So I remember I went into the house and my grandmother, everybody was freaking out and I was screaming and crying and they shoved my head in the sink, trying to stop the bleeding. Then they rushed me to the hospital. And I remember I was all upset in the ambulance cause I wanted my Grammy to come with me and she wasn't allowed to ride with me back then. You know, they had to meet me at the hospital and I remember being in the operating room and I was, I was literally in an operating room. It seemed like, and they put me under, they actually put me under and, uh, they, I felt needles going into my head as they were doing it, and I was just like it was so painful. You guys, like the needles that go in to your head for stitches, like your actual scalp. This was painful, unless it was needles to numb it. I'm not sure, but it, it felt. They said it was stitches, so, but I think they put me under, and I woke up, and my head was all bandaged up, and I looked like a mummy, and I was excited because I could have ice cream. It was so funny, which it's just comical, but um. My mom was away on her, her. Uh, she was away on her, oh, what's it called? Honeymoon with my dad because they got married after I was born. And I, uh, I was with my Grammy. I was staying with her and she didn't know about the accident. She knew nothing about it. And I don't know if they had phones then. I'm not sure if they had a phone or she just didn't call or They didn't know how to get a hold of each other because she was on, you know, we didn't have cell phones then and she was on vacation. So she probably didn't think about it, but she said that she wanted to come home to me so bad. She could not wait to get home to me. All she kept talking about to my dad was she needed to get home to me. And she said when they, they pulled in, she saw my head. She thought it was a hat. She thought it was cute that I was wearing this little hat. And then they realized that my head was all bandaged and she was really upset, but it was just something that, you know, it was so weird that she felt that something was wrong, you know? And I know they used to talk to each other in their sleep, but like they would, their friend said they would dream and they would be sleeping, sound asleep next to each other and they would have full conversations with each other and answer each other while they were sleeping. So I I think that's where this gift of, of mine comes from. I think that's where I get it from so i um and i remember too i used to know like all my kids i knew all the sexes of the kids that were going to be born my my cousin had a boy the other day and like the other week and as soon as i found out she was pregnant i told her it was going to be a boy and i told her i I heard i had a dream then and his name was like an e sound and she named him leo and i thought that was crazy you know because i felt that in my dream And I knew his middle name. Like I cause she he was named after her brother. So that was that was pretty crazy. But it's just stuff that I'm having that I'm going through that is interesting stuff. And I um, you know, I just I wanted to share some of the stuff with you guys so you kind of understand where some of these visions and stuff I get are coming from. It's just like you just some people are just open to this stuff. I truly believe we all have it. I just I think that some people are just more intact in tune with it, they say that people that have near-death experiences especially get really opened up to stuff. And now I've always had this since I was a kid, but it did seem like it got a lot stronger one time after not one time but I mean after I had a um, I had a really bad miscarriage and it almost killed me. And I also had a car accident that almost killed me. And especially after the miscarriage, this was bad. Like I was, I was bottoming out. Like my blood pressure was out. I remember being in the ambulance and I was blacking out, seeing black and it was stuff. And they said my bottom, my blood pressure was bottoming out. So I was, I was leaving and uh, I was bleeding to death and I shouldn't have even been like dismissed from the hospital it was bad it was that bad it was crazy i think i left the hospital with like half the blood of my body that day which can actually put you into irreversible shock and you can die from but the doctor at the time didn't know it hang on i need a drink here so i uh i just felt like i wondered if maybe some of these abilities got stronger like i already had them and then things just kind of got stronger and escalated after this stuff this kind of stuff happened but that's, that's an interesting thing to, you know, think about with with some people it they have like no abilities and then they have a near death experience or they actually die and come back, you know, and, uh, they, they seem to be opened up like a veil is lifted. So if any of you have anything like that, that would be interesting. Send me some of your stories. I would love to hear some of them. You know, if anybody's got like anything, you know, I would love to hear some stories. So, but that's, uh, just some interesting stuff. And I wanted to tell you too, there was a night I was here at the house and we had been seeing like shadows and stuff walking to and from like underneath doorways. And, um, it was pretty, you know, obvious that it wasn't anybody in the house. It was something else. Like you could see like feet walking underneath doorways and shadows and stuff like that. And, um, there was a back bedroom that we have here that hadn't been slept in in quite a while. And I went back there one night to sleep. And I remember I felt there's a a room across from it that's a den. And we, I mean, I'm talking, it had been months since somebody had been back here. And these demons and spirits, they like to hide. They like to be in places that are like less inhabited. You know, they like to, attics and basements and things like that, they tend to like to be in places that aren't bothered. And I remember the night I was i was laying in the back bedroom and I just, I couldn't sleep. I just, I felt I was laying with the door open. So right across from me was that other room. And I felt that whatever was back there was standing in the den, just staring at me. And it was really uncomfortable. Cause I could feel it so strongly. It was so strong. And I feel it here now. Like in our kitchen, there's um, a doorway that goes into like our, it's like a laundry room area. And everybody that comes here that like in our family, they can all feel the same thing I do. They all, we all feel it's in this doorway and it just stands there and it stares at you. It watches you. I don't think it's anything bad but it, it does indeed watch you like it. It just, you can feel it. And I don't know, like I've always felt it was a man. My daughter picked up a child in the house and she's the one that's really super psychic. And she's picked up a child running around. And my son saw a girl with long hair, you know, and, uh, and she was, a you know, she was a girl, like a child. And, but like I said, I feel a, a, a male is what I feel. And then one night I was coming down, my steps, um, from the bedroom, I was walking down and I literally felt something push me and I fell down the steps and this was guys, this was not, I mean, this was not a fall. Like I, this was not a fall. It was something like you could feel that you got shoved down the steps. It was pretty crazy. It didn't really feel like it was like a violent push, like where it was doing it to hurt me. It felt like it was almost doing it just to kind of, Shove me either to be playful or to just kind of get, you know, a laugh to themselves or, you know, just maybe being annoyed with me. I wasn't sure. I kind of felt annoyance from it, you know, but it was really wild feeling to, to get a push like that down the steps. And then one night I had, I was eating sunflower seeds. This was the night that, um, I had before, the wind is really picking up here. It's really crazy. We've got some really crazy wind going on out there, which is kind of neat right now. I should be outside doing this because um, we're in the dark, remember? But the night that I, I, uh, my mother-in-law, I saw her, um, I saw the cupboards open. I forgot to tell you guys. I had the, I was eating sunflower seeds, two capfuls of them. I, I had one capful I was eating it and I felt something flick it out of my hand and it, it, the the lid flew all over the bottom underneath the the table. And usually if you drop something, it kind of drops. This was like flicked across. It was like, it went, it hit across the, underneath the table. And I was like, you gotta be kidding me. And so I picked it up because you're always trying to convince yourself that you didn't, that you must've done it. You know, that must've just been me I'm um, imagining stuff. But I mean, after a while, when so many things happen to you, you start to realize that, no, this really is stuff that happens. So, and then, so I filled up the cap again and I don't drop anything, especially my sacred sunflower seeds, because I absolutely love sunflower seeds and I would not drop them. Trust me. And so I hold on to them for dear life because I love those things. I can sit and eat a jar of those a day. Um, I filled up the cap, and it happened again. It, it, but this time, I kind of caught it. Like it, it started to go, you know. And then I, I kind of caught it. But I was like, okay, <laughs> like this is two times in a row. This isn't like what's going on here. And then shortly after, that's when um, this was before I found out she passed. And then. After I found out she passed was in the cupboard doors open. So that was, that was pretty crazy. But, and then there was another incident I had, um, when I was talking about like spirits liking to hide and stuff, I had another house I lived in. This house was interesting because everybody that was here in the house, there must've been six of us or seven of us at the house. And we all felt this presence in the house, you know, I think there must be, with all the people that have lived at this point, that have lived and died, I think our earth got really polluted with spirits and demons and stuff that to the point now where almost any house you go in, you can feel something, whether it's from the home or it's from the area, they kind of go in, in and out of homes, they go to the areas, but it seems like you know our surroundings are just kind of filled with spirits now. And I just believe it's because there's been so many people now, you know, that's been born and they die. And like I said, I don't know whether they're demons that are, are like imitating people or if they're actually ghosts of people that we love. And it could be a mix of both. It could be, you know, maybe there's some people that just don't go to the light and they're lost and they just they stay here. Maybe they cling on to this area or maybe they're allowed to come in and out. I really just don't know. It, it's a really interesting thing, but so we we lived in this house. It was a beautiful house and we all felt like there was something there. And it was the kind of house we were going in between. We were we had lived in our one house for like 12 years. We sold it and then and we were going go to go to out out west. And what happened was like a bunch of stuff happened with the kids. Like one got pregnant, one had some personal things going on, the other one had some personal things going on, so we never we never left, and we, we sold our house and everything to leave, and it was really heartbreaking. So then we stayed at my mother-in-law's, and then we got a house to kind of hold us over, and then the person that owned the house we were renting that, and she decided to get a divorce, so she, they wanted to sell the house, so then we ended up in another home that we ended up buying, and that's where we are now. So the house that we were staying in, that we were renting, it had this really cool attic to it. And one of us went up there one night, one of our family, and they heard like whispers or something up in the attic. And we were going to use this as another bedroom. And they weren't, they were staying there. They were living with me and they didn't feel comfortable up there. Mm
1: -hmm. So they came Mm -hmm. back
0: downstairs and we kind of used it as like, a den. We turned it into my, um, fiance at the time. Um, he wanted it to be his den. So he turned it into this really cool, like computer room, you know, and he just, he loved it up there. He stayed up there all the time. And this was the same place that I don't know if you remember, I told you he's had some bat experiences, Bats seem to love him, so we're living in this house, and this was before the little statue bat here happened with him, which was a really funny story. I told you guys already. He had an experience where he would leave the door open into the attic way, and it was a like I said, it was a beautiful attic. It had several rooms, but the one was redone into a, like a, a bedroom. He made it into his den. And the other two were just for storage. It was a really clean, beautiful attic. Well, I think this bat came out of the attic because he was laying there one night. And this bat started crawling up his his covers, yelling at him. He said it was like in the morning. And he woke up and he looked down and this bat is on the bed. He's got his wings open. And it's like walking up his up his like legs, chattering to him. And he's just like, what the crap is going on and he threw the cover over it and like I came home and he's like coming out this door like with this box and he's like he's like freaking out telling me there's a bat and I'm like you gotta be kidding me so we're laughing and we're teasing him about this because that was his first bat encounter and then he had and then the one night one day we came home and my daughter went into the, she went into the bathroom. I know I'm supposed to be telling you scary stories and I'm telling you funny ones, but they're kind of funny and scary. So, um, they they went into, she was in the bathroom and she was pregnant. She was almost ready to have her baby. She just starts screaming at the top of her lungs and we're like, oh my God, you know, her, her water must've broke. What's going on? Like something horrible's going on. She's like, there's a bat, there's a bat. And so we, she's like, we get in there. I guess she, she went to shut the door and it caught the bat's wings. It's probably the same bat. He probably let it go. And then it got back downstairs again because it probably would have migrated right back to where it, it lives. Cause I mean, it was right there. Like If you leave it out in the yard, it's going to come right back to its nest. And apparently it liked being downstairs. So, um, she caught the wing and it's squealing and then we get up there and we get it out. Matt, Matt got the tongs and he actually carried this bat outside with the tongs by the, by its wing. Cause we don't like to kill things. So if, not if we don't have to. And, uh, this thing flies out. It goes, we get it out the window and it flies out, goes all the way out. All of a sudden it turns around into a V and starts coming right back. And we're in there screaming. We're scrambling to get the, we're like the windows, the windows are open. We're running all over the house trying to shut doors and windows. Cause we had several windows open because we were trying to get it. We are trying to like, we had different windows open in case it was going to fly around and we wanted it to go outside. So we opened up the whole house. You know, and It was just awful. And we're screaming. It was just like the scene in Lost Boys where you're looking out the window and screaming, they're coming, they're coming. You know, that's how we felt about this bat. We're like thinking it's going off and it's just going to fly away. We're like, no, it's coming right back to its nest. So, and so we're running around getting the house closed and we just got it closed up just in time. And of course it went right back up to the attic again, I'm sure, you know, got in there or wherever it was, but it was, it was just unreal. So we had these, these funny bat stories, but Um, this was the house where I went up to the attic one night and it was in the daytime and I was walking back to the attic, to the back area to get something. I was getting a, like a tote or something. And this was like a really clean attic. Like you didn't see bats. There's nothing that you saw. And I hear this hiss like this. And this wasn't a bat hiss. This was a full blown hiss. Sounded like it was coming from a person. I kid you not and I was like oh my this was so shocking to me and you couldn't see anything in this attic there was nothing around I got out of there as quick as can be and I never went back in that attic again I was like, never again. Matt still went up to his uh, computer room, but we didn't go in that attic. We just didn't go. I was like, it's broad daylight. And you could see there was windows in there. The attic was so clean and there was nothing in there. No bat residue, nothing. And this, like, it sounded like a person hissed at me. Like, it was like, you know, kind of like a person doing it. So um, I was telling my neighbor about it one day and he... And we kept, we were telling him that, you know, we feel weird on the steps. Like, like whenever we would go, the kids would go up and down the steps, they would feel like something was chasing them up the steps or down the steps. Like they couldn't get up the steps fast enough. And so later on, we found from my neighbor who had lived there all his life, he, his family, um, it was his family home next door. He said that a lady, the lady that actually, I think they built the house and they owned it. She fell down the steps and died. In the house, she broke her neck and she passed away in this house. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's got to be what, you know, what's going on. Like we we were like, you know, I'm, I'm being hissed at, you know, and, uh, sounds like a person and the, the whole step thing, it was just a really, you know, we had some creepy vibes going on in this house. So, but it was, it was some crazy stuff, but it was, it was, it was interesting things. Um, anyway, I just, I had some, some other stuff. I was going to get into, but it's getting to be about time to get off here. I don't like to make these too long, so I'll save some for next week. And I promise I'll try to be on maybe even before a week, like give me like five days or something. And I'll put another video up. I do want to end tonight with something. I want to do something. I'm hoping that I don't offend anybody's sensibilities or senses here with talking about God. I want to tell you about a near-death experience that happened, that it, it wasn't to me. It was just a near-death story, and I think it's a really cool story. I, I loved it. It's, it's, pre- it's just something to think about. You know, I just want you to think about this. Um, there was a kid named Tim, and he, he was with his his family, and they went, like, on vacation. They were swimming. And something happened in the water where he got knocked out, and he drowned, and he died. And he felt his body come out of his, his, he found his soul come out of his body. And he said he didn't know anything about Jesus. He didn't know about God. You know, he wasn't taught they weren't religious or believers or however you want to word that. Um, And he said that he wasn't really taught much about the Lord. But when he died, he came up out of his body and he's underwater. And he sees what he later told his mom was the rock and roll dude. And his mom was like, what do you mean the rock and roll dude? He goes, I saw the rock and roll dude walking towards me with his hand outstretched to me, mom. And he said, well, who was it? And he said, I th- it was Jesus. He said, I'm pretty sure it was Jesus at the time. And then later he knew it was Jesus. Um, He said that he had long hair and he had a beard and mustache. And that's what he reminded him of like the rock and roll dudes back in the day. And he had a robe on and he would, they were underwater, but they were in spirit. So they weren't wet. They could talk. They could, you know, it's, it's just like in that they weren't in the water. And he said that this hole opens up, this black hole opens up beside him. And this horrible looking demon comes out of it and it's snarling and it's trying to drag him into this hole. And he said, Jesus, he looked, he looked at this thing and he looked at Jesus because Jesus said, kick him in the teeth. And Tim said, what do you mean? And Jesus said, go ahead, kick him in the teeth. And he did. And he said, when he did it, this thing like snarled and went back into this hole and the hole covered up and it disappeared. And I was like, that is crazy. Like this stuff is really, this stuff is, it's real, you know? And so he said that, um, he said, I know your mother and I want you to come with me. And so he took his hand. And he took them, they, he said, they went like, they, they just like, like flew, you could feel his body or soul, you know, flying through like the heavens and leaving the earth. And he said, it was so fast. It was like lightning speed. And they went through, like they could see space and all this stuff. And it was so neat. They ended up in this room and Jesus showed him his future. He showed him like, not his future per se, but he showed him the future of the earth, what was going to happen. And he said like his brother, he, like Tim was asking about his mother and his brother and different things like that. And he said his mother was, was his, he would, she would be in heaven. But he said that obviously she wasn't there yet because he didn't see her, but he said he would, she would be. And he said that his brother, Jesus told him his brother was going to join the military and he would be lost for a while from, from the Lord. He, He wouldn't believe in him and he wouldn't, you know, know him and, you know, he would just be lost. His soul would be lost. He said, but eventually he would come to him. He would come to know him and he would be his. And he said, this actually really happened. Like this, this actually, or the, the woman, the mother said, he actually, this is exactly what happened. And and I guess he said he saw the earth go into like the world war three, but he said it was like a war of the demons. He said they were demon aliens and that they were aliens that came to earth and they were, here's my nose again. Um, They came to earth and they made us believe that they were our friends. And in the end, they would capture people. And he said they would eat people. And they were demon aliens. And he said the aliens are actually demons. And there's this great war would break out. And and everything would just, it would become just an absolute disaster, like Armageddon. It was a disaster. But in the end, Jesus would prevail. And he said he saw these these uh, prayers going up. There were lights that were shooting up to heaven. All these lights, like fireworks going the other way, you know, like, I'm well, not the other way. They were going into heaven. I meant it. And, uh, he said that he asked Jesus what these lights were. And he said, they were all the prayers that this is how powerful prayer is. He said, every person that's praying for the same thing, especially when enough prayers goes up, go up, he said that this big explosion would take place. And Jesus said that was when enough people would come together and pray for the same thing. This explosion would happen. And that would mean that God would grant the prayer. And I was like, that's amazing. Like, this is how powerful prayer is that, you know, you, you get, I mean, that, the he, that God's watching these little, these lights, like almost like You know, flashes of light beaming up to heaven and then all these prayers go up and boom, it just explodes and God grants the prayer. I just, I thought that was amazing, but it was an amazing story. And um, so then what happened was he came back, he was sent back, but he wasn't cured. He was sent back for his mission and his mission was to lead people to God. He lived like another three to five years. It was a few more years and he died. And he died because of complications from the drowning. He never was right after the drowning, but he had fulfilled his mission. And his mother said that the day of his funeral, there were just hundreds of people that showed up and so many people came to the altar that night and were saved. They accepted Jesus and they were saved because of her son. And they all said he was like the nicest kid they had ever known. The most caring, sweetest soul they ever knew. So I thought that was really special. But the thing that struck me about this that I found really fascinating was that I remember one day I used to believe in aliens. I I used to believe, I still believe in them. I believe, but I believed that God had created other races that he just didn't tell us about because he didn't feel that we needed to know. I felt that, you know, he just created other, other races. Maybe he was disappointed in us and he decided to create more races or, you know, just, Created different things. And I was like, well, that would be cool, you know, and that's probably what the aliens are. And I don't know, it was weeks later, I heard the Lord say to me, No, Tracy, he said the aliens are demons. And I was just shocked because this was not something I would ever think. I never in a million years would have thought that aliens were demons. This just literally, and I knew it was the Lord you know, it says in the Bible that his children know his voice and they hear him. And and you do like when you get close to God, you do hear Jesus, you hear him talk to you. And, um, and like I said, it's always in my right ear, which is the side that's like God's preferred side. So it was, it was pretty fascinating to me that he told me that. And I was like, wow, that, that explains everything. And then that, when I heard that dream about when Tim had that, um, not the dream, but his near death experience that it just all kind of came together for me. And I thought that's, that's right on, right on what I was told. And, and it sounds right to me. So you can, I think sometimes you can feel in your spirit when something's right. And when it, it sounds right, you can feel it. It's called discern, discernment when you, you feel in your soul that it's right. So that's what I have for you guys this week. I hope you enjoyed this tonight. Um, it was a little lighter. It wasn't as heavy. Um, you know, but it was more into the, the supernatural, like the spiritual stuff. That's, that's a lot of what I get. So, um, I might actually go, we're thinking about doing like a, like a Bigfoot hunt or something at some point, like getting in with a group of people and maybe going out in the woods some night and seeing, you know, if we can see any kind of evidence or anything. I think that'd be really cool. The other thing, um, Matt says he's still having, uh, he's still having, um, Nights where he hears things walking around on the roof of the garage. You have to understand too, the roof of our garage, we have a double, the roof is two floors. So for him to hear something walking around out on that garage roof is saying something because we have the lower part of the garage and then there's a whole second floor to it. So if there's footprints going on on that roof and he's hearing it and it's heavy, that must be something that's pretty big. So we're going to, we're going to put cameras out there and we're going to see, I'm going to get some um, night vision, uh, like hunting cameras. I'm going to put them, I'm going to put them outside and we're going to see what we can um, find out there because there's some strange activity out back there of our house. We've had orbs, Um, He's had nights where he felt something lift off the roof and jump onto the neighbor's garage roof, which is really far away. So it was like it it almost had to be flying or it was really big. Um, And there's just there's some weird feelings out there. So we're going to do some some stuff with cameras and see what we come up with. And I will share them with you. So you guys, please, please send me stories. Please send me stories. I really need stories. And please, if you're on YouTube, hit the like and subscribe button. It really helps me to know that you're enjoying the channel. Comment, keep it, please keep it nice. Don't, don't, no negative comments that are bad. I want to keep it respectful with everybody. Um, but, uh, you know, just, you know, please like and subscribe. It'll really help for the YouTube channel. And on my, um, anchor and Spotify and all that stuff, just, you know, give me a clap. That would be cool. Just so I know you guys are enjoying yourself, but I should be back soon. You guys have a great evening and you take care of yourself. Bye-bye.